We are back for another episode of the ABJ Podcast, episode 33, the last of the month of this very, very busy, hectic month. Uh, Adina Steele will be joining us here in a moment. I just want to get through some of the housekeeping. Uh, first off, check the links below for not just all things ABJ, whether it be merchandise or follow me on all social media, but also check out the links below for Adina, as well as Philly Mike, two, uh, two on-the-shelf wrestlers at the moment. We'll talk more about that during the interview. But there are their links below so you can support them, whether it be subscription services, merchandise, or their social media as well. Um, we also have just acquired a brand new sponsor for the podcast. So super excited about that. Um, it's the it's little next to my logo down here. It's that little EL. Um, it's Elevation 1470. So elevate your style with Frackville's brand, Elevation 1470. Elevation 1470 is a reinventing style, bringing tradition and nostalgia apparel to the Frackville and surrounding areas in School County, Pennsylvania. We, they pride ourselves on hometown heritage and community. Elevation 1470 is where the trail begins. You can find them at www.elevation1470.com for the latest and traditional nostalgic style in Schuylkill County, Pennsylvania. So it is really, really cool. Everything's for, uh, based in Frackville and the, the rail trail, like the trail there, as well as all surrounding areas. It's a cool clothing company that supports School County and uh, really cool dude. I'll probably have him on the podcast very, very soon to talk more about it. But thank you so much for sponsoring. Um, we finally got our first sponsor, 33 episodes in. That's really pumped. I'm re makes me really pumped. So that's super, super uh, dope. Um, also, make sure you check out us this Sunday at smash master uh 40th birthday bonanza in through pennsylvania um lots of great matches once again adina Steele will be in attendance with philly mike doing a little meet and grief uh, as well as grim from grim's toy show will also be there and then in a couple weeks after that you can come hang out with abj as i host the spring break 93 at high tension wrestling march 18th uh bell time four o'clock doors at 3 30 so you can go to icons in the morning to check out some great uh talent there get your autographs, all that. Leave there. It's a couple block walk. Come to this show, and we'll have you in and out before the next uh, show at, in Philadelphia happens at the 2300 Arena. So you can check out two amazing wrestling shows in one day and uh, get all your wrestling fixes and needs in all in one place. It's going to be a busy day. Get get ready for WrestleMania, because that's what Mania is going to be like. You're going to be bouncing from indie show to indie show and then walking to the, the, uh, the, the WrestleMania show. It's going to be busy, but you can get your practice in on the 18th. Without further ado, I felt like a, the Micro Machines guy there. I'm going to bring in my guest, Adina Steele. What's going on? Hello. Not too much. Sitting <laughs> on the couch. <laughs> so, it, it, I'm, I'm doing great. A little tired. Been working a lot today here. Um, but we have so much to cover. It's been a long time. Uh, I mean, not really. We see each other almost every other weekend. But uh, <laughs> but. Since, you know, I, I've, I've done a previous podcast, I've had you on numerous times, and now you're back on, but it's a little different this time, because you're, I mean, you're a lot better than you were a couple months ago. Uh, you had a pretty rough injury. Sure did. Sure did. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I didn't realize what bump you took during that match that hurt you, and then I actually seen it for the first time, um, like where someone pointed it out, at your benefit show at the bar where we were all watching it. And oh, we're great. All like, <laughs> like, that's why <laughs> yeah. we're here. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you were in the room when it happened, but also you were a, a little tipsy. You were having a good time. Enjoying but, my night. <laughs> you were having a blast. You were slapping. I got there really tortillas. early. It was a long day. <laughs> I still don't think you were as uh, in a good mood as your mom. Your, your mom was killing it that night. 
She has no competition. She was like playing the drums on the bar and just vibing. She said yeah. she wanted to go there and she was going to have a couple of drinks and she wanted to show my dad she still got it. Yeah, she and did. So maybe she yeah. did. Maybe she yeah, did. She, she, she showed him. But uh, we're all like, this is why we're here right now. And then you went up and then you came down to your shoulder and then you kept going throughout the match and people were like, so you're still hurt here? And you're like, yep. And you're diving through the ropes and doing everything crazy. And I remember at the very end, you're just sitting there and um, we're just like, you good? And you're like, I think so. And Dr. Frank's like, it feels broke. <laughs> Which, say what you will about Dr. Frank. That guy is a human x-ray machine because he, he picked it out pretty well. Yeah, like immediately. He, like, I was in denial, I think. it's I kind of felt the thing poking through. So I was like, all right, that's not normal. But it's like, maybe... Maybe we're good. Maybe it's swollen. You know, I kind of knew what happened, but I didn't want to admit yeah. it. And he immediately was just like, "Oh, that's broken." <laughs> like, oh, great. Yeah. When did the when did the adrenaline wear off and you realized you were in some trouble? Like during the match or after? Um, I'd say I don't even know. Like probably not even until like I feel like it didn't set in right away. Like even beyond like the adrenaline, just like it was almost just like a shock, like going from just being a normal functioning human to be like, Oh crap, this is changing so many things I never accounted for. So like probably like once I like, that was a Sunday. So like I, when I left the hospital, then I had to meet the orthopedic the next day. And then like really hearing what the process was going to be. So I never actually like broke a bone before besides like my nose. So I never had to go through like this healing process. So once she really got into it and that I needed surgery, I was just like, Oh, this is a lot more than I anticipated getting into here. Yeah. During the match, did you realize it was as bad as it was, or did, didn't you realize until at the end? It was like both, because like when it first happened, I knew something happened, because like I didn't know if it was a snap or a pop, but so, it was like that wasn't a normal feeling. And then yeah, I just kept doing the things I had to do. And then when I tagged out to Kit, I like you know trying to cheer him on in the turbuckle, and I like literally I could not lift my right arm; it was just hanging. And then I was like, hmm, this isn't good because I have a lot left to do in this match. <laughs> and um, I don't know what would ha- Like, I'd get back in the ring and it would work. Like, I would just get in and I'd be, like, I'd be able to do whatever I had to do. And then I'd get out and it'd be, like, hanging. So I don't know if that was a little adrenaline or just, like, well, I don't know how it happened. But then after that, I realized, like, okay, this probably. Yeah, I remember. And this is where a lot of people, like, the like a lot of fans maybe not realize but like how important a good referee is because you I, I, matt was saying like i guess you went in and tried some stuff and then came out and then during like the one spot you're like yo i'm not good like my shoulder's a little messed up and then he relayed that to everybody and everyone's like all right time to adjust you know what i mean so like yeah that's, that's one yeah. of the things about this, this this sport and this uh this entertainment that i love so much and this just profession and just how you guys are so in tune with each other and you can do things on the fly. And it just, it's just such a testament to all of you is to look out for each other as well as like being able to adjust, but be able to communicate in there. But the fans have no idea. Right. Even people like my parents didn't even know I was hurt. They went to the bar. We're all going to after the show and we're waiting for me to come. And they're like, here's Adina. And they're like, she's at the hospital. But no, that really did like, he, because yeah. I think he just, he's like, he's, he's like, that was like the most solid bump I ever saw in my life. Like the ring had no give. And like, because like some people like literally, like it's my parents, they would watch the whole match, had no idea. And he like immediately was like, that wasn't good. And he's like, are you yeah. okay? And I'm just like, I don't have to know. And he thought I was like mad. <laughs> but I was more just like, oh <laughs> shit, like this isn't normal. Um, yeah. 
That's nuts. So you went and you had surgery. It was broken in what two places? Yeah, it was like you know, instead of just being like it was like kind of like separated, and then there was like a bone fragment in between. They said so because like sometimes, most times, if you break your collarbone, you could just be in a sling and it like heals. But since it was so separated, that's why they had to fuse it back together. It would have just healed. I don't know how it would have healed. It really messed up though. The X-ray was gnarly. The one you showed us, it was it was like up. It was like a bike. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I didn't even realize because they didn't even show me the X-ray when I went to the ER. So I did, I was like being optimistic, like maybe I won't need surgery. And then when we went to the orthopedic, she showed me, and I was just like, "Yeah, I know where this is going." Yeah, and you, uh, I mean, you've been healing very nicely. So you do have you have a well, a metal plate, some screws. You got some new hardware. So now you sure are officially. Do. Adina Steel, you are you have steel in your body. I might have cursed myself there. <laughs> Did not mean to manifest the actual steel. <laughs> Listen, there's so much opportunity on commentary now for everybody. I know. Shoulder, I know. When you, you shoulder go. attack people, when you give them stunners or cutters, it's like they hit the steel beam. <laughs> I know. Yes, I do do that one, and it does land yeah. on that shoulder conveniently. Everyone's got to sell it. They, they hit the steel. Exactly. Especially if you turn heel. Oh, my God. You have, like, a foreign object. Yeah, it better be bleeding. <laughs> yeah, every time someone takes a cutter, they're just gouging themselves. <laughs> just, the match just ended. Like, there's never yeah. a finish to any match I'm in. The ref just the stops de- it. Adina has the most devastating cutter stunner of all time because you're literally <laughs> pulling their head down on a steel beam with screws, and they're bleeding oh, all over goodness. the place. It'll be amazing. Oh, pro Part wrestling. <laughs> so what was how did this affect your day-to-day and and like your shoot job and stuff oh god it affected everything like literally everything and you know, i i just went back to work a week ago today actually uh, since like and this december. happened in december for people on the timeline yeah december 11th and now tomorrow's march <laughs> so it's been a while um because i do hair so i need my arms like i need to have my shoulder elevated um, like I said, I was in the sling for seven weeks nonstop. So I literally couldn't do anything pretty much. Like, cause my dominant hand, like, okay, I would have to help me like get dressed. Like I could only wear shirts if they were like button up. Cause I couldn't lift my arm at all. Like it was just hanging. So just doing any simple thing, like, even washing my face, like I have to use my left hand, like the simplest things, putting on socks, like everything just took so long. And I, I feel like I'm just used to being independent, like self-sufficient and having to get help on almost everything was like, no one complained, but for me, it was really like kind of depressing. Like I was appreciative, but it was like, I just felt very useless. Like I can't do anything for myself. Like then home with all this free time. So I feel worse. I'm like, I'm not getting anything accomplished. Yeah. It's like, the only thing I can do is just watch TV at this point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a big TV person, but I started to be. (laughs) <laughs> yeah got it so, i read a lot of books the uh this is and that's important for people to hear because i think a lot of people don't realize what what happens when an independent wrestler goes through an injury like this and this is your first and hopefully last serious one you know but you don't really like people don't realize when they when you're going out for pure entertainment the fans and the love for the industry uh you get injured and like i said you've been out of work for months now can't you know and and, and but the support seems like it's been amazing for you like people still supporting you and uh still booking you to go to shows and being involved some in some way form or fashion um we did a yeah. benefit show where we raised a great amount of money for you guys which was awesome 
Um, by the way, I don't know if I, I've been trying to get a hold of them for their footage, but uh, the greatest 50 50 commentary of all time. We, we commentated the 50 50. Um, I was we were rotating people in and out of commentary. And then the very last the very last match, I was like, Dina, come over here. And you're like, I've, uh, I've been a little tipped. I'm like, even better. Come on over. So uh, if anyone ever listened to the commentary, it's fantastic. But we commentated the 50 50 and boy. BP is like, that's probably the greatest moment of my commentary career. <laughs> <laughs> I need to hear this. Yes, uh, I, I only have the audio. I'm, tr- I'm, I'm trying to put the audio to the video. Yeah. But, uh, who knows? Who knows what's going on there? Um, yeah, I, so I don't wait. have much of a filter normally, so. Same. I don't even know how. Yeah, I'm no, on at commentary. that point, I was just like, whatever happens in my brain is coming out. <laughs> the best was you're like can we curse and you're like can we and you lay out you laid out a curse and then you're like oh well the moon dog's not gonna like that or something like that <laughs> exactly like there's no stopping it once it's in my head it's like normally yeah. like okay that's a thought no it's everyone and knows then you that. trash talking the heel on commentary was amazing that was that was probably that was really really good uh i was enjoying myself it was it was a blast it was one of my favorite commentary moments of all time um, I, I hope people get to hear it at some point in time, but yes. uh, yeah. So what's your timetable now? Like you, you're out of the sling. Uh, you have pretty much full mobility in your arm. Um, what, what are we looking at here? Um, uh, well, let's see a week tomorrow. I'm allowed to start like strengthening at PT because now we've just been doing mobility. So I'll be able to add like light weights in and progressively move them up but i already think i'm gonna go because i do it at the gym i normally go to but i think i'm gonna go to the other gym i'm a member of and like secretly lift there not till i hurt myself but so they don't know i'm doing more than they want me to do i have it all planned out so next week i'll be allowed to do that (laughs) and then um i have a in early april i have my next meeting with my orthopedic and she said that'll probably be our last meeting and that'll be almost four months since the surgery like it'll be a little like a week or two under but um at that point, I don't know, you know, she said, like, I don't know if she'll just be like, okay, I'm assuming she'll give me like a letter, but um, I assume like by late April, early May, because I already have stuff booked for May, so <laughs> I'm doing that, but um, <laughs> that was like my, like, April, I'll be iffy, I'm just going to see more, like, I want to be back in the gym and feel strong again first and like train a little bit, um, so I don't want to rush it and not be like physically prepared, you know, beyond everyone's like oh you don't want to hurt that but I'm like there's so many other things like I've lost 17 pounds (laughs) like this whole time I just I didn't know because like I never weigh myself except at the doctor and then at the gym I shouldn't have done I did yesterday because there was one person did I'm like screw it I'm gonna hop out and I was like shit like I knew I like got like lost a lot of weight but it's way more than I expected so I I definitely want to get you know my strength back up and feel confident beyond me being safe that I can keep other people safe and you know I'm prepared for that. Um, so, but I think by then, you know, if I start lifting now, that'll be almost a month and a half, two months. And Yeah. Well, I mean, in this industry, it's very interesting uh, for me at least. And, and women, you, 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 you have a way harder than most when it comes to the body aspect of this business. So we talked in the early stages when you were pre Adina, when you were before the wrestling phase, and then you went into that huge bulking phase then you went from a bulking to almost like a tone and now you're down. Cause like you're not working out as much as you have. And now you're like losing the weight because your body naturally, like it's just trying to go back to like your old frame. 
Mm-hmm. How is that like in all your transitions? Because at one point you were like you were jacked, and then you really toned down. Like you went through a lot of different phases. Where do you most like in your in your progression of bodybuilding and stuff like that? Where do you feel most comfortable, or where do you like to sit the most? Um, it whatever I have at the moment, I want the opposite. So that's kind of why I go back and forth. Like mm-hmm. once I get really lean, I'm happy because I'm like, oh, you could see my abs or this or that. But then I'm like, oh, I feel like. And then when I get big, I'm like, this is nice. But then I feel like a little squishy. So whatever one I have, I want the opposite. But I, I'd like, I like, I already decided when I come back, like I want to just get as strong and big as possible. Like I'm not going to worry about like being lean or I just want to get as strong as I could for a little while. And then I'll probably yeah, post, you know, after that. <laughs> post pandemic, Athena Steel was like She-Hulk. You were yeah. like the whole pandemic, man, squats and deadlifts and all that you like you were giving christina christina maria run for a month like, you both were coming out like jacked and solid i was like adina is killing it right now <laughs> uh, yeah well it's um, like I, all the time too it's like especially with that you have more you know you're not working so you could really revolve your food and your workouts like everything very specifically that's not realistic for day-to-day life when you have a lot more yeah. in your schedule yeah i i don't i think i'll just talent in general and i'm not even breaking it down between men and women like you you seem like you really have it under control of like understanding your body and where you need to go and hitting your goals of like your your look in the ring and i think that's really really cool for you yeah i have a good time like i really like got into the gym before i even started wrestling you know a lot of people it's the opposite and i even i got my personal trainer certification even back during covid because i was just like i have nothing else to do but i have no time to do it anyway but it helps like Mm -hmm. i had a lot of understanding because like growing up not growing up like early 20s and everything a lot of my friends were into the gym or bodybuilders so once I really wanted to start working out they taught me a lot so I feel like I had a lot of knowledge early on that you know I wanted them if I just started going on my own and um I would research a lot online because I genuinely find it interesting so when I'm interested in something I'm like I want to know everything you know every every thought I have like I need to know this so um it really like helps me a lot like having a structure and like mentally it's just like my de-stress period decompress and um it definitely i think that's why I'm, it's noticeable that i do so much because it's like one of the, my main focuses usually it's just like okay my schedule mm-hmm. and this and that my eating because i'm neurotic and, but and on top of that then awesome you have to practice in ring which is a whole other animal you know what i mean like it's so much to balance and juggle. I don't, I don't, I, on, I honestly don't know how all of you do it. <laughs> like, right. some of you just look at me and you're like, how do you run all these podcasts? I'm like, how do I run podcasts? I'm a fat shit. How are you guys going to the gym, working out so hard, and then going and landing on your back for four hours and not want to be in a wheelchair? <laughs> That's the one thing with being home like this. I'm like, wow, I didn't know what it was like for like things not to hurt all the time. Like, obviously, minus my injury, but. You know, it's always like a body part that's sore from going to the dri- the gym or like stiff or bruises from wrestling and, you know, knots in my back. And I'm like, wow, like considering even that I'm injured, I'm like, this is what it's like. <laughs> You're not hurting all the time. Yeah. Um, what, what advice would you give to talent of when it comes to that bulking phase and putting on the weight, but doing it properly and, and, and really transforming yourself? Um, I would say, I mean, for me, what works the best and I've noticed for most people is I switch up like my eating and workouts a lot where, you know, when I'm bulking, I definitely try to get a lot more carbs in, you know, everybody's body types different. Mine, like naturally is like 
just wants to be nothing like a rail like you see my dad he's skin and bone yeah. that's how my body wants to be so it's very hard to get muscle so like for me i eat you know a lot of like maybe brown rice sweet potatoes and of course all the protein um during the day and whether i'm like cutting or bulking i like to get at least like maybe like 100 150 grams of protein in a day like realistically um and my workouts like if i was trying to get bigger I would do, I definitely focus more on like the heavier lifts or heavier sets with like fewer reps. And then still in the end, do some, you know, lighter ones just to burn out. But I think George, the big lifts, <laughs> <laughs> they're buddies, they're best friends. Um, oh, your dad's amazing. But yeah, then I, I get the same thing. I get bored sometimes with my routine. So then I'm switching it up and then everything switches. So definitely for bulking. It's, and, and, you know, a lot of people too, like think like, oh, I'm trying to gain weight like and just eat total crap and like i've done that before but i think like a healthy mix i used to restrict so much and only eat like i'd plan everything out on my phone the day before and like wouldn't deviate whatsoever wow. or i'd like lose sleep literally i became like neurotic and um now it's like a little more like okay i'll eat what i'm supposed to eat but if i want something that's not good like i'll still eat it not for yeah. every meal but you know and it, it takes away those cravings for that's you know what i, I do and one uh, cheap uh, meal I mean I've been cultivating mass. I don't know if you ever watch Always Sunny when Mac for one season got fat to be funny. That's me. I'm, I'm in my cultivating mass. I'm bulking up. Yeah. It's I'm going to turn all this into. <laughs> it's been winter for me for about eight years. Indeed. <laughs> oh, I mean, um, it gets cold here in the Northeast. Yeah. It's always cold. I'm just, I'm always in a hoodie, you know? That, <laughs> no. But uh, speaking of, of, of your parents, um, some of the most, they are the most entertaining people, I think, when it comes, like, it's funny because you and Kit probably have the most entertaining wrestling parents uh, on on the on the scene. Um, I don't think there's yeah. a comparison between Kit's mom and your parents. Um, unbelievable, so entertaining, um, and it's not even like during shows. They're just they are them all the time, and they're unapologetic, and I love it. But like, are your parents always that much into wrestling? Because they'll go to shows that you're not even booked on just to go see wrestling. Like they're mm -hmm. really really into it, which is awesome. Yeah, my dad especially. My mom, she never really watched it, like, before I started wrestling as much. You know, me and my dad did when I was growing up, and she would always um, – she wasn't a fan. She'd always be like, oh, you're watching them hookers again, walking around half naked, da-da-da. And I'd just be like <laughs> – Yeah. <laughs> but then, now she really, now she really likes it. <laughs> oh, yeah, her views have changed. Um, but, yeah, yeah, they definitely – especially my dad. He gets so into it, like – He's such a, like the fan, the stereotypical fan, but like that you'd want because they, he does exactly what he's supposed to be doing. Or, you know oh, what I mean? He's, he's, he's yelling and screaming. He gets really, really upset. I love it. Yeah. He's, and there's like been times where things happen and he genuinely starts freaking out at my opponent because he thinks it's really happening. Like, I, love that. I remember I love it was a true show and it was me and, I think that's what it was. It was like a big five way. It was like everyone was the, whatever for some belt or something. And right in the beginning, you know, they introduced everyone and they're like, Adina, yeah. And then I think it was Sage Matthews just come up and like kicked me in the head and like the referees had to take me out, take me to the back. And then of course, like I came out at the end and surprised everyone once I came back. But my dad really thought like this dude just kicked me in the face and they just they let them have the match and he had no repercussions and kid came back he's like your dad's really mad at me like he's like he was flipping me off and saying like f you i'm gonna f and kill you and like my dad does not say the f word like he hates it like my mom will say it 
just to piss him off. Like they just did that. Sorry, in your language. And she's like, hey, hey, hey. and I'm like, they're oh, whatever. But he hates that word. So the fact that he was, he told me he was saying that, I'm like, okay, this guy's probably being dramatic, but no, my dad really thought like that happened. And he definitely falls into that all the time in so many scenarios, but it makes it that much better. Yeah. Who is, who is his favorite that you remember growing up? Like if, if, if he can meet a wrestler right now, who would his all time favorite be? Goldberg. Really? Goldberg. That's from my childhood. I just remember my dad being obsessed with Goldberg. Him and my like mom. Coachberg. I don't know if I should say that. I'll say it. Whatever. Him and my mom had these like weird matching pajamas. Like they were just like boxers, but they had both had the same one. And it was just like Goldberg's head on the front and it said, who's next? And I always thought it was really <laughs> weird. <laughs> weird placement. <laughs> it just could have been a t-shirt. <laughs> we need to find those boxer shorts and you and Kate. Right? My dad probably still has them. He has, he has shirts from his honeymoon which is before i was even born i, so I those love that boxers have to be around yeah that's, that's amazing what did he think of coachberg well, at smash master oh he, he he got a kick out of that especially with you know knowing coach just from all the shows he's been going to over the years yeah. i was excited oh. i need i want to watch it back just to see if i could see him react when he came out so much fun um well speaking of the smash master shows and and dressing up and cosplaying you just posted a, a very very entertaining video today of uh <laughs> you going getting ready for work uh so go check out a on social media for this amazing stuff but uh kit is, is sound asleep cozy up in a blanket and you go to kiss him goodbye for work wearing a sting mask and scare the shit out of him <laughs> Sure did. I actually had that mask for the smash show. Like I was gonna put it over my paint and then take it off, but then, then I never knew how to set my paint, so I couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, that was great because he was. I always do stuff like that, but never get to record it. Like, and it's it's that was like the least of a reaction. But I was like, I haven't recorded this because the, the mask was right by my makeup thing. I just did my makeup, and I was like, so I always say like, bye, I'm going to work, and I was like hoping he'd open his eyes. So I was like. And it usually screams, but it still was great. It was great. Yeah, he had no idea. I, that's what I was going to ask: either. is how often do you guys do that to each other and mess with each other? I don't know why he's with me. <laughs> so you're usually getting him. <laughs> like we just, I torment him. Like it's so bad. Well, not bad, but you know, because when I first yeah. started dating, he told me, "I'll never get him." This is where it all started. He started this. He said, "I'd never get him. You can't scare him, any of that." And the first time that I realized I could get him was we went to some horror convention last summer or something. <clears throat> he wanted to get whatever something signed. So like Michael Myers and we're driving back. It's dark. Um, I'm in the passenger seat. And I dropped my phone and it slid to the back. So I was like, hang on. I'm just, you know, I crawl in the back seat to pick it up, whatever. And back there was Michael Myers fast. So I was like, let me see. Let me see. So, so I put it on and then I crawled back up to the passenger seat, but like kept my head towards the window. And then I went like this. And then when he looked, <laughs> it's obviously there at the mask. Like, he literally almost crashed. He's like, why the hell would you do that while I'm driving? <laughs> and he said, I never get him. And he was like, holy shit. Like I almost drove off the road. Um, now it's been so super easy to go. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think he'd like, I, I thought I wouldn't even be able to get up without him even noticing I had the mask on. So. I love that. That's so good. Please, please keep filming those because they're, they're, they're. I kind of get more because, like, even the other day, I've been playing the Harry Potter game a lot. So, we like, but it usually happens spur of the moment because, like, I'll be in somewhere and I hear him coming. I just, like, crouch down somewhere. So, it's like, I don't always get a chance to record it. But he was, he was coming upstairs, like, I was by the dresser and I'm like, let me, let me try this. So, I crouched down on my phone in my hand, 
And I popped up and I was like, Avada Kedavra. And he was like, ah! like he screamed so loud. And all the hoodies are hanging on the uh, back of the door. And he just like buried his head for like a while. I was like, hello, hello. Are you okay? Do your animals ever <laughs> stitch you out when you're hiding somewhere? Sometimes like if they're in there, like they might be like looking in that direction. Um, so it depends. But, like if he's waiting for it, he'll pick up on it. But if yeah. it's random, he doesn't notice as much. So our dog literally has to be like near somebody at all point in times. And when my wife is home, it is like her guard dog. Like she literally fought like to the point where you have to like you're under our feet, you have to move type deal. So if I mm-hmm. hide behind a corner, the dog usually comes up first, sees me, and just stares at me. I'm like, well, that's ruined. Can't scare her now because the dog snits me out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like I guess yeah, because like if they if I wasn't in the room went in, but if they're like sleeping or something, I gotta be sneaky. But that's the yeah, worst. That's the only time I, I can get her when the dog when the dog's not paying attention. <laughs> or like, like the dog and sneak quick. up. And, yeah, <laughs> I got yeah. stuff to do here. So coming back hopefully this summer and and being hundred percent, everyone has their their hit list. Everybody has the people they want to work. Who's all on the list of Adina? I don't even know at this point. Like, I feel like I've never had a technical list. It just, I always want to generally, especially now, like I want to work women or people like way more experienced than me, because I feel like that's how I've been learning a lot more and growing where, you know, with newer people, it, it does help too. But I like, you know, just hearing how people more experienced, like maybe call a match or things they might communicate in the ring, um, just little things. And I just want to, I'm definitely going to be more like, um, not particular, but like, I want to start before I'm going place, like, who am I wrestling? What am I doing? Just because I don't want to overextend myself like I was doing and going like one, Mm -hmm. two, three times a week. And I think just because like being injured, I'm a little more hesitant. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do things, but I might not be everywhere. Like I was at least right now off the bat, like not right off the bat, but I don't know. Like, there's so many good people out there now. I'd just be happy to work like anyone I haven't yet, or you know, anyone you know way more knowledgeable than me, which is a lot of people. So, you know, I don't yeah. like to narrow it down too much. Uh, you know, before the before everything happened, you were kind of becoming like the uh, the Superman or the Superwoman of of Smash Master Wrestling. Uh, and being from the Scranton, Wilkes-Barre area, I always I group them together. I know that's not what you're supposed to do, but on the other side of the mountain, I just feel like you're just one entity uh, until that's you drive it, and then you realize that it's not one thing because the Scranton Wilkes-Barre drive is is ridiculous sometimes, especially when it's really really late and I'm tired. I'm like, this drive takes way too long between Scranton and Wilkes-Barre. It, it does. Yeah. You would come back uh, from a show and to see Wilkes-Barre. Like I'm almost home, and then it's just like not yet, not yet, not yet, yeah. not yet. <laughs> Um, what was, what was the feeling like pulling up to the circle drive-in and seeing your name on the drive-in marquee? It was, I just didn't know what to feel. I'm like, well, I was just like, why is that there? You know, <laughs> I was just very confused because nobody was going to be a thing or whatever. And then we pull up, yeah, it just says smash master wrestling and just Adina steel, like nothing else. Not the date. Was not so the cool. time. I was like, Look how neat that is. I know. I was like, it was awesome, especially from like growing up here and having gone there, you know, to the drive-ins as a kid and everything. It was really cool. So I went and took my little sting picture with it, but I was very caught off guard. Appreciative. Yeah. But I was like, how did that end up being what the context of this whole sign was? 
Yeah, that was when I pulled up. I'm like, yo, how you were saying, like, I didn't know if that was something, a, a location you went to in the past. I'm like, it has to be like you're from the area. You had to have been to the drive in a couple times or just drove past it. And then to just be from this area the whole time, you've been putting the work in for four or five years, if not longer in this wrestling business. And then you see your name on the drive in of your local thing. It's like, that's got to be a dope feeling, you know? It was pretty cool. I gave it at some people text me and be like, are you wrestling like at the drive-in? You know what I mean? It's like they, if they had driven by, cause it's a route six is a pretty busy road too on the yeah. weekends, especially. And I was like, yeah, like, I don't know why I bother, but it is me. <laughs> so cool. That's I, I see. I was like, that it is does. dope. I was, I was very, very happy for you now. Um, <laughs> Now you really don't have any names in the list coming back this uh, this year. You said you're going to be a little more selective on promotions. That's what I was going to say. Is is uh, do you have any any concern about coming back and 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 with the injury? Like I, I know for me, example, like when I hurt myself playing uh, soccer growing up, and I I had my first major injury on my ankle. Like your first couple times you step on the field, you have that like, oh God, I hope I don't get hurt, and you kind of play hesitant, like. Are you, are, is that, is that something that's going through your mind or you're just like, nah, F it, I'm just going for it. Um, I swear, I feel like it opened my eyes more to how real it is when you get injured, you know, cause like I always knew, we all know it's a possibility to see people get hurt all the time, but when it really happens, like what happened to me and I'm like, oh my God, like we were talking about before I realized I can't do this. I can't do that. Like if I didn't have a boyfriend, I don't know how I would have survived at the house and and it could work. Um, so it definitely made it a lot more realistic. And I think at least like where it is, it's my right side. So you do, I do use my left a lot more. So that makes me feel better that I probably won't be getting as much impact, like right on that. Um, I think if anything, it's made me, obviously I'll be very mindful of that, but of everything, you know, like even calling a match or any little thing that like, if I get that thought, like maybe I shouldn't do that. I'm just, I'm going to listen to the little voice in my head. Yeah. Sometimes and I mean, realistically, you were in there with the most, probably the safest people you could ever work with um, mm -hmm. doing the most mundane bump. I guess you can really say like a high, like a, a backdrop, essentially what it was. Right. Well, it was supposed to be a head scissors, but the timing just was a little miscommunicated. I think as well as to go off the rope. So I was just standing there and then I was upside down and then I was like, Oh shit. Like it was just so fast. Yeah. Um, so I think it was just like, it was just a freak thing, you know. Yeah, that, that, well, that's what I was getting age. to. Is just like, just like that sm small, tiny, little miscue. You know what I mean? With people yeah. who are super. I mean, and this is no shade at past opponents or but you worked really, really, really green people for a very, very long time, and then just like this is that's just how crazy this business is. Is where like one small miscue with the most crafty veteran you could possibly in the ring with leads to this. So it's like, you, like mentally you got to be like, Oh, this could like anything can happen here. And it's, it's, it, it kind of makes it real. Like how you were saying, makes it real. Uh, definitely. And I, I'm not saying this to like put fear in you. It's just, I'm just trying for people who maybe who listen to this podcast, who are not professional wrestling fans or who are fans who don't really get to have these conversations with wrestlers is how, how intense this can be. And when people say, Oh, this is all fake. Like, no, you're laid up since December on a on 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 a on a back bump. You know what I mean? It's just right. like anything can happen. Yeah. It's like especially head scissors. I've probably done a hundred, two hundred, three hundred times. Like it's I've noticed that anytime like someone gets hurt or something, it's always like something very simple. It's mm -hmm. you know you hardly ever hear it on like the big crazy moves. Like a lot of times it is just these little things and someone might just step wrong or land wrong and you know 
their knee pops or like just the simplest stuff could trigger that. So it is hard to, it could, it could be any time, any move, any opponent. Like you said, I was working with a very experienced person that he even helped with, you know, when I was training and everything, we'd go down. That's not someone that I was like, Oh no, like I'm nervous to get in the ring with, but like you said, you never know. It just one little split second thing. Such an awkward, like not awkward, but like you feel awful for everybody. Cause obviously you're bummed, you're hurt. And then your opponents, like, just being such nice humans, they were just like, I feel, like, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, they were bummed, too. It was, like, it was just sad. <laughs> I was really bummed. But And then on top yeah, of it, it was like, like I'll see you guys later. Sense. I'm going to get my knee re- reconstructed tomorrow. So, like, you guys are in the same time frame. It was, yeah. it was a lot that day. Yeah. It was. And it's one of those things, like, I just – the whole time I just kept saying, you know what? Like, because I did land so weird. I'm like, at least I didn't, like, break my neck or something because – I was like pretty much upside down. So as much as I was like, this sucks the whole time. I was like, but it could always be worse. You Absolutely. know, like and it doesn't really take a thing. lot to break a collarbone. Guess that's, not. If they, they say usually if you're going to break something, that's almost like 80% chance with the first bone you're going to break, because it doesn't take a lot to break a collarbone. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not out so, <laughs> Yeah, you're you're out of the way now, um, and that's all. Well, I got another one. Yeah. <laughs> um. So being laid up and and not being able to do stuff. You said you're into books and movies. What are some things you've been? Some what are what are some recommendations for the for people out there so that we can watch or check out? Um. Well, the one book I read a bunch of books. The one that I liked the most it was called The Silent Patient. Forget who it was by. Books in my room, but I'm sure if you look up The Silent Patient, it would come up or whatever uh one of my co-workers actually got it for me for like secret santa for christmas ironically and then i was like great i have plenty of time to read this now and that one was really good it was one of those that kind of like the whole time i never figured out like at the end you find out everything that's going on and how it all connected and i was just like what like, so it's nice because some of those things like that could be very predictable um then I'm trying to think what shows i watched a lot of more so like documentaries and things like that uh, just like it's hard for me to get into a lot of shows, so I did watch what was I watched the documentaries like, and go, How did they do this? Like, has no one seen this coming? <laughs> yeah, like, especially like some of them really are so far fetched, and, and I'll be like, How did I never even hear about this? Like, when it happened, you know, there was a lot of them like that. I'm like, Where have I been? Um, that did you watch the one, um, The Hitchhiker with a Hatchet or something like that? Yeah. It's called, Yeah, that yeah. one was what I was like, Did you ever see this- the one? Real quick, trigger warning if certain topics things upset you. Um, did you see the one where the guy infiltrated this family, kidnapped the daughter like twice, and had her believing that like if she didn't do what he said, aliens were gonna like end the world and kill her family? I don't think so, but I'd rather oh, watching that. My one. god, this guy not only stole a kid, this little girl twice, but he was also having relations with the mom and the dad. Like he was like the whole like it was I feel insane. Like I've heard of this story, but I don't think I watched that. Everyone, like, that does sound familiar. It, so it just goes to show how crazy our society can be and how terrible people are. Because the entire oh time, God, everyone yeah. everyone kept memeing the dad telling a story and crying. Like he's the most traumatic thing, and everyone's making fun of him for it because it happened to him, and they didn't say anything about the dog. Like they were like, "Oh my god, it's terrible!" Like it all, the whole story is absolutely terrible. But the it got popular because of the dad, like because he like the memes and all that. Yeah, ironically, yeah. that's what the internet will do. 
Oh my god, such a crazy documentary. And like she's adult, she's like an adult now, and she told like I guess they did the documentary and then they redid the documentary. I think it's on like HBO or something. I don't even remember what it's called, but it's it's it was the craziest thing I ever heard in my life. I'm like, how did he kidnap her almost Twice. three times? Yeah. <laughs> the third time the cops Yeah, he caught she he got he did it the two times, and then the both times the parents were like, Oh, we're not gonna press charges because they Who both had because he had dirt on both of them because he was messing around both of them as well. Like, that was, like, his game. Especially the, the dad because he didn't want to admit anything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yep. And then the third time, the cops are like, no, we're pressing <laughs> charges. This is enough. Like, you just keep kidnapping for- the same child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. God, that- and, like, he was like, I'm going to take your kid on vacation. And he's like, we have other kids. And like, nah, just the one. And he's just like, and he had kids of his own. And he was just, it was wild. That's really weird. I have yeah. to track that one down because yeah, a lot of yeah, them are just to... like, "How did this happen?" or "How did it happen for so long?" and yeah, nobody. It's like, I did watch... you watch that the Ted Bundy, like not yeah. the documentary, oh God, but yeah. the real one? Like, I didn't know a lot of the facts there. Like the first time he killed that person, he got pulled over with the body in this car, and he just said he, he said was, was going to the dump or whatever. And then when the one time the cops came, there was a body. And I'm like, so many times, or him even that kid that he drugged and ran away in handcuffs and they were just like oh it's his boyfriend let him go back and there's like a blatantly like messed up on whatever yeah. drinking drugs little kid and i'm like i didn't know there were this many times like he should have been arrested and their cops were just like nah, 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 and then the whole time his neighbor's it. like can we please look into this because like this is not normal and the whole time she's freaking out but uh right cool that's, about that's that even worse like it was attention repeatedly being brought to it it wasn't just like oh it flew under the radar like he was not smart <laughs> that's that's why i like dark side of the ring because you listen to these wrestling stories and you mean uh yeah dahmer sorry we said to bundy da- jeffrey dahmer um oh that's what uh, i meant yeah uh it's funny because you, you like you were like how did this never get sifted out or how did no one ever put a stop on this and we're like we're, we're in the wrestling business and you're like that guy sucks but no one's saying anything <laughs> right especially after like everyone getting canceled like in 2020 and still and everything it's like like we went to a point in 2020 where we were like yeah let's get rid of these people and then it got to a point where it was like all right we're back to not saying things that we probably should be saying again right yeah it was very bizarre so yeah all of a sudden you see like there was lists online of every canceled wrestler because there were so many people that got canceled and then and now we're finding out some of the ones that got canceled probably shouldn't have like oh yeah I feel like yeah. people were very quick to just, you know, obviously plenty of justified situations, but absolutely people might have piggybacked yeah. off that and maybe been resentful at someone and blown it up to be something it wasn't because that always happens too. So kind of just sucks for the people who really mean what they're saying. Yeah. And, and that's the problem is when, when people use use a movement to just get revenge on somebody and then it diminishes everything else. And that's essentially what happened. That's why I was saying too, like, everyone's like let's get rid of this 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 and then you had eventual people trying to get rid of people for their own justifications and then once the finds out that those people aren't really that bad then it's like well none of this is real now so then we just revert back to nonsense again it's it's yeah and then the cancel people just come back because they're allowed to like people are like well ah, we'll book them <laughs> yeah literally you know, makes people money. probably forgot by now yeah uh, what, what if what if the money that comes in because it's like Especially oh with boy. like bigger names and stuff that got canceled that you'll see at certain places. And, you know, a lot of it maybe wasn't necessarily true, but you never know at that point. Yeah, and absolutely. It reflects, I think, more on the promoters when you see like 
depending on the situation, like if you're bringing someone in, like, you know, was like, especially like a, a sexually aggressive person or whatever, like maybe you shouldn't bring them to your shows, especially yeah. if there's females or, or on ones, your shows or, or there's ones kids. That possibly and... talk to kids. Yeah. That's my favorite. Right. Right. It's like, well, if that's even a possibility, why even be associated? I'll never understand. Yeah. Crazy to me. But uh, yeah, we're sitting here like, these documentaries are crazy. How do people not catch it? And we're like, oh. <laughs> honestly, yeah. like, it, all, it all circled back. Like, well, what's the um, we're like, turns a blind eye. And we had a, 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 a mutual friend in the Dahmer TV show. Keita Murray made oh, an appearance. Right. Yeah, Keita's in the club dancing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what I was like looking out for it. every episode. He's like, is Keita in this one? Is Keita in this one? Because they knew it was in like a club type of scene. I was watching, and I was like, that, like, it was only quick, too. I was like, that looked like Kita. And then I was, like, looking back, and then literally five minutes after, everyone's posting, like, Kita's in this episode. I was like, oh, my God. I, I pointed him out without even knowing. But, right? Uh, yeah, so much fun. Um, yeah, Adina, thank you so much. If anyone has any questions, please, we have a couple minutes here. I don't want to keep Adina too long. She has a very long day. You know, I've been, we, we were supposed to start this at three, but both of us kind of forgot. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if anyone has any questions for Adina, please put them in the chat. Also, if you are listening to this uh, either on uh, any platform, head over to YouTube, help that subscriber. We just hit 550 today. Also, if you're listening on the Ooh. audio side, make sure you list, you leave a review and tell me where, where what platform you're listening to. Because I think right now we're one or two plays away from hitting 500 total plays since uh, October on the podcast, which is super That's exciting. Awesome. So thank you guys all for that amazing support. Um, and then once again, check out Adina's links. Uh, for any ways to support her, uh, you know, a couple months off work, anything is very helpful for her to get back on her feet and and uh, and get back in the swing of things. And recovery's been great, which is awesome. So we're very really excited to see Adina Steele back in action. But um, oh, there you go, Adina versus Willow. That would be fun. I have definitely. I've never wrestled her before. Obviously, she's very experienced and talented. So I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think I think Willow's gonna be one of those people who I think for us like comes off the independent scene is gonna do big things. It's like I, I think Willow did it, and then you have like Action Andretti making the big jump, and then like it looks like Deppin is 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 gonna make another run back at ROH, hopefully, because they, they released the whole tapings of people who are on ROH. Uh, dude, ROH is gonna be I think the show to watch. I'm being honest. I I, I looked at some of those things and I was just That'll like be fun. I'm leaning I'm leaning heavily at the ROH rebrand which i'm excited for but uh yeah and uh, any, any other questions that be, besides adina versus willow which i think would be an amazing match um have you, you ever heard of nywc heard of nycw uh, is that what they mean no that was that's a different the nywc is the one where um willow came from as well as cardona and um a bunch of people came from that school uh johnny hungy and Alex Reynolds, they all came from there. Oh, it's a school. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Well, I guess I haven't. But now I have. Yeah. <laughs> Where yeah. is it? Uh, up up in upstate New York, uh, the New York it's area, New York. I believe. Yeah, yeah. I would actually, you know, you know what's a match I'd like to see? Because I think she's been really, really grinding. And you guys worked a few times before. And just watching her in her progression now, I think she's really hit a new level. And I think a lot of it is because she's been training a lot with uh, Masha. Um, Cosmic. Have you seen Cosmic stuff lately? Oh, but yeah, I do see a bit when she posts. I'm yeah. not on social media as much anymore, but I do see her stuff pop up a lot. She's and been she's grinding, really man. Focused. I'm really proud of her. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's a good girl. No, Long Island up in Long Island. 
All right. Well, that'll do it. We gave everyone an opportunity for some questions. Uh, Adina, where can people find you on social media? Um, Instagram, just at Adina Steele, A-D-E-N-A-S-T-E-E-L-E. I forgot it says it right there. <laughs> um, same on Facebook, Twitter. It's just underscore Adina Steele. Pretty simple. If I disappear, it's because I have one percent battery. But it says five right, minutes. We'll get it. So I might. I might not. Yeah. So I think I disappeared. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we appreciate you, Adina. I hope I'm, we're really, really happy uh, that the, the recovery is doing great. We're excited to have, see you back in the business uh, once again. Please, if you can, go grab a T-shirt. And take a picture of it and say, go Adina, you know, help her, help her through this process. And we'll see you guys uh, on uh, what's today? Today's Tuesday, Thursday. We'll see you back here at the ABJ podcast for the next month of people. Uh, first episode is going to be Boom Harden, uh, which I'm super excited to hang out and talk to him. Uh, killing it right now in the tag team division with the Sean Pratt. So uh, we'll, we'll be excited for that one. And we'll see you guys next time on the ABJ podcast. Uh, here's some Billy Trey. and We'll see you next time.